The Town Whispers is a narrative horror audio drama that will tell the many stories hidden behind the fog and the rain and the trees of the Pacific Northwest. That which fills the earth to grow the trees, to block the sun, and shower those of us seeking the truth in midnight rain is why listener discretion is advised. Perception is abstract, and not at all absolute. While sunrise can fill the hearts of some, it can illuminate the troubles of others. So, while Albert lay in bed, fighting and struggling and becoming more than he had ever dreamt of being, and all the while thinking of her, Mildred, on the other hand, wasn't really thinking about Albert at all. She had, of course, felt a shroud of melancholy on her way home from Riverside Sanatorium. And, yeah, it had a bit to do with the sorry state of that boy who looked as if his skin was turning purple and black and ready to fall off his very bones at any moment, but she really felt down about the way Mother Cyprian had treated her. That dour mood of hers quickly turned, though, as she arrived home to find Mark waiting for her. They shyly spoke about their kiss, using other words, of course, talking about the moment. The well. That night. Anything to avoid saying those words out loud, as if by speaking them, they would find out the other had no recollection of it, as if they dreamt it. That, of course, would be beyond embarrassing, and so they used euphemisms and spoke around the topic. And what brightened her mood even further was the surprise Mark had for her. The weather had cleared up, or at least it wasn't raining, and Mark coyly asked if Mildred wanted to go for a walk, and of course she said yes. So the two walked away from her home away from her front door where Mark had patiently waited for her and off towards the woods. The road at the end of her driveway was lined with muddy ditches filled with pitch-like water, and on the other side of the ditch, weeds had grown tall and died. Grown tall and died and weeds over weeds, piling in ridges that had been untended for long enough for those ridges of molding wet and dead weeds to hide the fields and homes behind them. 
those weeds guided them. They were dead and they were fetid, but those weeds guided Mildred and Mark. Those weeds had a purpose. Their purpose all along was to grow and die. Grow and die. And pile up on top of each row of spring and summer weeds that had died before. Their purpose was to block out the world, blind those walking their path to any escape, to blind those walking their path to the warning signs. And had those weeds not been there, Mark and Mildred might have seen them, the wind whipping at the trees, the whispers of those who'd walked that path before Mark and Mildred, each to their own destination and their own end. Or they might have seen the specters spilt into the clouds in the distance, darkening them and showing their swirling faces and shouting for the two to stop, to turn back, to never speak to one another again. But those years of dead weeds that, to those unwilling to look, those not sure there are things to look for, seemed to just be dead weeds, with no other purpose but to have spit pollen and wilt. They hadn't been holding hands. They'd only been walking close enough that their fingers would brush against one another. But something possessed Mark, filled him with fiery courage, and he grabbed her hand and led her to what they had been herded towards. Led, oddly enough, by dead weeds. Mark guided her by the hand, down a trail where the road they'd been led down came to an abrupt dead end. A trail that Mildred had never seen before. Despite living in the same house and walking the same streets and knowing all the trails worn by deer and mischievous children alike, that trail, that was a trail she'd never seen before. And Mark was just happy that the trail was there after all that the trail was exactly where the man who had stood in the shadow of a tree had said so. Oh, hello. Off to see a girl, are we? I see that look in your eyes. She must be quite the beauty to have a boy up and about, all showered, prim and proper. Mark hadn't seen the man there, and when he spoke, it surprised him. So we just stared back at him and gave a bit of a shrug. What do we have here? Yes, isn't that lovely? More than okay she must be to have you out and about. She's something special, I reckon. And special girls deserve special gifts. Did you know that? Why, just look at this. The man held out his hand, the thick skin of his palm darting out from the shadow. In his hand, Mark saw a sprouted acorn. Flowers are fine and dandy, but there is no future there. They look so wonderful and warm the heart. But there is no future there. They die. And that is no future at all. They sit in a vase. 
They are such colors. They wilt and they die. You see this. The man in the shadow of the tree popped the sprouting acorn up in between his index and thumb finger, presenting it to Mark. This acorn will become a tree. A tree will sprout from this tiny, curious little thing. It's weak and tender once its shell is cracked. And its shell has indeed been cracked by its own ambition to become a tree. But one day, if you and she, who is beautiful and has you out and about, so prim and proper, were to plant this, then it would grow and grow and grow, and isn't that magic? It must be. Mark extended his hand. The man's fingers with their thick skin and uncut nails spread open, letting the split and sprouted acorn fall between them and into Mark's palm. Now be a good lad. There is a trail where the road is dead and done, but it isn't really for those willing to look. With that acorn, you'll see it. It'll open for you. Just like magic. You should plant that acorn and think of the future. And one day when you and Mildred, I mean, your girl, are good and old, you can visit it once again and see how it's grown like your, uh, love. Yes, just like your growing love and affection. Mark didn't really know what to say, so he thanked the man and accepted the acorn. He wasn't really romantic, but it did seem like grand gesture, like something Mildred would enjoy. Mark would of course take credit for the idea and tell her it was a surprise that he'd been planning, and she would be impressed and she'd want to go to the well with him again and have a few more moments. That was the most important thing. Another moment at the well. That's what Mark wanted. The trailhead was tight and looked nearly overgrown and Mildred thought that had to have been why she had missed it all that time. But as Mark and then she stepped through, they stepped into a world that she could only have ever imagined existed in the fort, an otherwise dreary and unremarkable town by her own account. The way the trail hugged them as they walked on its narrow back was isolation in its most comforting form. Each corner held the next piece of the secret, which was the path they walked and its destination. And so each turn and twist was more exciting than the last as the anticipation built and boiled inside of Mildred. It bubbled and it frothed and Mildred's cheeks were flushed with the excitement. She giggled spastically, uncontrollably as the promise of something new tickled her sides and then the path just fell away. As they walked into the clearing, her eyes darted left, 
then right, taking in the majesty of the cathedral she found herself in, an arena of flora, and at its centerpiece a wonderful perfect ring of mushrooms that looked alien in the clearing with an earth floor swept and clean. But Mildred stood there with the uncomfortable lingering of deja vu in the back of her mind. She felt like she'd been there before. Or, no, maybe... Maybe she just dreamt of it. Mark stood there very proud of himself and began to ramble about planting this tree. Uh, uh, no, the acorn, it'll, it'll get big, but no... Um, the acorn won't get big. The tree that grows from it'll get big. And, ah, if only he could explain it like the man in the shadow. Shh. Mildred knew Mark was rambling. She could smell the sweat as it dripped at the corner of his forehead. She looked down and saw the acorn Mark had nervously began speaking about before he could fish it out of his pocket. She lay her hand on his, taking it from him, and playfully began backing away from him towards the ring of mushrooms. It's perfect, Mark. I love my surprise. I, I love that you planned this for me. And she did love this surprise, much in the same way she felt a swelling in her chest when she thought of Mark himself. Such a grand gesture, too. No man would do this, create this moment, and build something with a woman. Planting something was like having a child. They'd come and watch it grow tall and strong as she and he grew together. It was such an awfully romantic idea, and in her limited experience of men, it even sort of made sense. Mildred knelt down in the center of the circle on the earthy floor placing her palm against it. Something felt spiritual about this place, the isolation of thick bush that closed in the clearing, the ring of plentiful mushrooms at its center, and the care with which it felt this place had been treated. It all felt so spiritual, and she closed her eyes. She could feel the forest breathing beneath her palm. It heaved and pulsed. This, this was the spot, the spot where her and Mark's tree would grow, an anchor tethering them to their past, where they could come and visit this spot in the future, and they could revisit those younger minds. She eagerly pressed her fingers into the packed dirt, the earth digging into her fingertips, the tiny rocks and decomposing twigs that litter and linger just beneath the surface, the detritus of nature, She felt a rock, or a twig, or a sharp root prick her fingertip. 
Withdrawing her hand from the small indent she'd made to lay her acorn down, she watched as a single drop of blood pooled at the tip of her finger, where she'd been lanced. The dry dirt that stuck to her fingers like little spurs drank greedily and soaked her blood into it. She pressed her finger and thumb together, rubbing that mixture of earth and blood. It felt so smooth and rich. She took up the acorn from beside her on the ground where she'd delicately placed it and could see the copper tones of her that mixed with the dirt into rich mud as she smeared it over the face of the acorn. Mildred delicately placed it into the hole she dug and brushed the dirt back over it, patting it down with care. A single insignificant piece of disturbed earth where one day her tree would be. The wind picking up pushed at the trees, smashing their leaves and boughs against one another in a soft urging to leave. It had spoken to her. Mildred had heard it say mother, which really only made her think of her own mother. She could remember her mother's insistence on being amongst the trees and the mud and away from her and their home. She even remembered the way her mother had looked around in never-ending wonder when she'd taken Mildred with her the odd time. She'd hated it as a child. But maybe there was something beautiful here, in this dreary, know-nothing hellhole of a town which she'd dreamt of leaving as long as she'd been dreaming. Mildred became acutely aware of Mark's hand on her shoulder, shaking her. Mildred had been transfixed, staring at the sky, staring intently and manically at the sky. And she hadn't been answering him as he called for her. Or the first few times he'd shaken her by the shoulder. Oh, it was... it was nothing, said Mildred, chuckling uncomfortably. Heeding the gusts of wind's insistence they leave, the two, well, they left. Mark unsettled and Mildred grasping at a dream that was quickly leaving her. Grasping at it, reaching with it with slick oiled hands and try as she may, she could not grab the edges of it as it slipped away. And by the time Mark had been spat out by the narrow entrance that they had seemingly walked through only a short while before, he too had forgotten all about that acorn, that clearing in the woods the pristine earth and dense brush. As far as Mildred and Mark could remember, they had simply talked, spoken about their moment at the well. They had just simply spoken about that moment and taken a short walk to the end of the street, which simply ended in a dead end. Mildred even forgot the chaotic voice of the wind reaching for her and calling her mother. Today's episode was written and performed by Cole Weavers. Sound production and editing by Matt Black. Our theme song is by the amazing Charlie P.S. Make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitter. 
at the town whispers. Now, the fort is a town like no other, and there are many things to discover for those who are willing to see. Those who are willing to listen to the words and the vowels and the consonants made by the whistles in the wind. Have you considered joining us at the town hall? Which you can find at Patreon at www.patreon.com slash the town whispers. The town council has been diligent enough to go to the Patreon and set up goals that include digital rewards, as well as physical for those first few who walk through the streets of the fort. Have you signed and sealed your citizenship to the fort by visiting us on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter at the town whispers? If you haven't, you might want to do so. There we will be divulging secrets of a different kind, such as Patreon-exclusive storylines, additional short stories, merch and swag, and much more to come. So make sure if you are one who is willing to face a thing with no face, that you meet us at patreon.com slash the town whispers. For more information on the show, head on over to www.thetownwhispers.com. Good.